Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! That just happened. That just happened. Don't touch that dial. It's another Thursday morning edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of one of our live contributors, uh, Mr. Garnett Barnsdale, uh, who is joining us as Mike Bozich is uh, taking the week off. And uh, Garnett, I guess uh, I guess uh, we have to let him off for the week because his son is uh, about to start school. Well, when I post on Facebook that he was going to a kindergarten uh, uh initiation I, I was going to comment i thought you already graduated kindergarten <laughs> well listen uh we uh we certainly appreciate you coming on and uh for those uh listeners who may not know who you are uh tell us a little bit about yourself that uh you know we you've, we've uh, had you on the show uh, plenty of times so hopefully everybody knows but uh let those uh first time listeners know yeah i'm a, a, a harness racing fan a better journalist not necessarily in that order but uh, i do a regular um, analysis of the Mohawk or Woodbine card at, at DRF Harness uh, daily or anytime they're racing. And, um, you know, I write for various publications, occasionally jump on the show with you guys and uh, just love harness racing and uh, try to make a few bucks at it while I'm at, while I'm at it. So, um, so far, I think I'm doing okay. All right, Garnett. Well, we've got an action-packed show uh, for our listeners here today. Uh, we're going to talk to Missy Rothfuss. And, Garnett, this is probably one of the toughest jobs that anybody uh, has in the industry, and that is the outrider uh, position. She works at the Meadows Racetrack and Casino, and uh, she's going to talk about her career and some of the experiences she's had. And, uh, Garnett, I'm sure that she's got some wild ones, that's for sure. Yeah, and, I, I, you know, I've seen some uh, some YouTube videos, I think, of Missy uh, catching horses that are on the fly that have uh, somehow uh, either lost their driver or got in some kind of an incident. When I watch those, I'm just amazed at how, how good she is and how good some of her, uh, some of her colleagues are in, in doing this. It's just amazing. All right. We're also going to talk to uh, Batavia Downs track announcer and race secretary, Joe Zambito. This will be Joe Zambito's first time on the program. And we're going to talk about how he handles both the announcer's booth duties and being the race secretary in the morning. And we'll also talk about uh, his career and how be, he became a prominent figure in Western New York and Gabe Pruitt, our friend uh, from Florida, Kentucky, New Jersey, Garnetti seems like he's a little bit of everywhere about the Kentucky Sire Stakes. Yeah. Gabe's uh Gabe's profile guy works hard you see him pretty much everywhere all the time so i'm surprised you haven't made managed to make time for us but we appreciate it for sure 
All right. We're also going to have our continuing series with running aces. And Garnett, uh, I'm not sure how much you've heard this segment from Track It Outs or Darren Gagne or how much you uh, watch running aces. But Darren's uh, a, a fine announcer, number one. But number two, uh, he they do a great job uh, putting this segment together for us each and every week. And uh, lots of good detail and sometimes even throws at a few interviews. I haven't followed running aces but I do know I do know that it's a five eighth mile track and I really enjoy uh, five eighth mile racing. I grew up with it going to Greenwood and Mohawk when I was a kid when those uh, those were the sizes of those tracks and that's another reason I like going to places like Tioga kind of brings back some memories. So looking forward to that. All right. Well we're gonna take a quick timeout on the back side of this commercial break. We've got Missy Rothfuss stepping into the plate. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Summer racing heats up at the Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono. Catch all the action Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday with a post time of 6.30 and Sunday at 7.30 p.m. In July and August, it's the two- and three-year-old trotters and pacers in the spotlight in Pennsylvania Sire Stinks and Pennsylvania Stallion Series action. Follow us on Twitter for all things racing at Downs at MSP at Downs at MSP. Mohegan Sun Pocono. Join us for the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey. Pre-entries close July 26th. The visions offered include English, Western, Driving, Dressage, In-Hand, Showmanship, Gated, Jumper, Hunter, Speed, Fun, Equitation, Fresh Off the Track, Jersey Bread, and Roadster. There'll also be a stick horse rodeo for children between 3 and 10. Also, want a chance to receive $200 in cash and a custom belt buckle? Participate in the Pacing for the Cure in-hand trail. Visit sphonj.org for more information. That's sphonj.org for more information. It's the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey, presented jointly by the SPHO of New Jersey and the SBOA of New Jersey and our numerous sponsors. Pre-entries close July 26th. Be there! The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of our fill-in co-host, Mr. Garnett Barnsdale. And we're joined now by the outrider at the Meadows Racetrack and Casino, Miss Missy Rothfuss. Missy, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Well, Missy, uh, me and Garnett were talking before we went to the break, and uh, we've both seen videos, we've both seen pictures, but this is the first time uh, we've had you on our show. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the industry of harness racing. Um, my family, I'm actually third generation um, in the harness racing, and I'm actually a Stark. Uh, John Stark races over in New York, uh, Jody Shalaki. 
And I was 18, and the great secretary here asked me if I'd fill in as a backup. I was actually still in high school, too, if I'd fill in as a backup outrider. And that's pretty much how I started. So I used to leave my – I had my schedule adjusted. I'd leave for lunch and my study halls were in the afternoon. I'd come over here and train, and then I kind of got hooked and never left. That was about 21 and a half years ago. So – been a long career here with the Meadows, <laughs> but I love it. It's an absolute wonderful job. It's fun. It can be very hectic at times, and I couldn't think of anything else I'd rather do. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Uh, I guess I'm wondering um, what's the most memorable. I don't want to say incident, but the <laughs> occurrence that happened during during your career. What can you tell us about it? Um. I can tell you. Funny one, the first time I ever caught a loose horse, I got dumped. Uh Uh-oh. I caught the horse, (laughs) and it gets better. My horse fucked me off into the winter circle. I slid into the winter circle, and to make matters worse, they caught it all on camera. I wish I had the film today. I was probably maybe a couple months into outriding the horse I had. He wasn't any good at it. He was more scared, but I caught a horse off of him, and the shaft was broke, hit him in the stifle, and he started bucking, and away I went right into the winner's circle. I get back <laughs> to the paddock, and there I am on TV. No, no. <laughs> so no. Is there a record? Do they have that film or not? <laughs> I have no idea. I never thought about asking about it back then, and now I wish I could find it or knew the date. Like, I'd probably have to. I know who the driver was. It was Tommy Davis, but I can't remember the horse, and I doubt they even have it anymore. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. You might end up like Scott Young with the uh, falling off the bike, which gets posted about every couple weeks. It really bothered me because it is a lot of like you make a lot of mistakes out here, and you learn from them. I mean, that's like I've hit the track probably a million times. I hit the track one time. There's this one horse, Benedict Victino. He knocked me down three times. He knocked my horse twice and knocked me and my horse down before I finally gave up and realized I can't get this horse hurt. <laughs> and the one time he knocked me off, um, my husband, Jim Rothfuss, his dad, Donnie Rothfuss, him and Ray Paver come by me, and I'm sitting on the track. I just fell off. My horse was trotting back to the paddock, and they look at me, and they're like, get up. You're embarrassing us. Get up right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Missy, uh, listen, good thing Chris Gooden uh, wasn't around, in, around then, because I'm sure that uh, video would be uh, – <laughs> All over the place, but uh, you know, being <laughs> go ahead. Oh, go. <laughs> no, uh, but being an outrider, uh, Garnett and I were talking to has to be one of the most difficult jobs uh, in harness racing, uh, and it's much more than just catching loose horses when incidents happen on the racetrack. Uh, talk a little bit about more about your job and like what you do uh, to help ensure safety and things of that sort. Um, a lot of my stuff, there's a lot of stuff people don't know we even do. Like, they'll see me walk back and forth on the track. Um, yesterday, we have a horse, a little trotting two-year-old filly. She's absolutely terrified of the outriding horse. But she won't turn. You can't send her the wrong way because she gets too wound up. So you kind of have to scare her around with your horse. You kind of use your horse as a block. I help turn horses. I help uh, catch rundown runaways. I bring horses out of the paddock. I drag horses on the track. Um, I help fix broken equipment. You name it. I had a horse two years ago, Brett Miller. It was one of Tacker's horses. 
it was a two-year-old pacing colt throwing itself. I run over there, I grab Brett, I'm just getting ready to go, and here the bridle's undone. And we had to take the colt off the track, the starter come over, the uh, driver, they helped us, we got the bridle back together, and the colt, I think he raced him up third that night. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you have to pay. I check equipment all the time, I check lines, I check cobbles, I make sure everything's right. Um, Dave Pallone had one two weeks ago run off with him, and Dave never really – he feels bad about ever torturing us out there, so he hardly ever brings us horses. So he's coming towards me, and I'm watching him, and I'm like, man, he's going pretty quick, and he comes by me, and he's real quiet. He's like, I – and it took me a second, and I'm like, you need my help? And he's like, yeah, please. So I run off, and I grabbed him up. I mean, we do a lot of different stuff, and it's very tough, though. You have to have a good horse, and that's what a lot of people – you might have a horse that goes out there and doesn't mind. Like, I call the difference between even the people. There's parade marshals and parade horses, and there's outriders and outriding horses. They're two different. A parade marshal can lead the post parade, maybe turn easy horses, you know, looks good out there. An outrider, you're there to help whoever gets in trouble. You don't care. You know, you're going right after it, you're going right in, and you need a horse that will do exactly what you say. You've got one rearing up in the air and coming at you. You can't have a horse that shies away. You have to have a horse that keeps going back into it. So that's the hardest thing of the job is finding horses that will do it. And any outrider will tell you, and it takes forever to make them. I have um, that one horse dude I got, I pulled him out of a kill pen. It took me about six months to get him going really good. It's not like you can just buy them, throw them out on track, and they're good. I think I've been doing it 21 years. I had one horse I could ever do that with. I bought him, and he never did it before, and he went right out on the track and acted like he did it his whole life. Heard it. Hey, uh, Missy, I have one more question. <clears throat> Maybe it might uh, enlighten people like me or, pe- or people that are just watching the broadcast. Quite often you see an outrider sort of bringing a horse up to the gate, sort of walking beside it, holding, you know, holding onto the bridle or whatever. How does, how does, yep. um, how does, how does that originate? Is it sort of, um, does it kind of let you know, I got a horse that I need some help. Is it from you seeing bad actors on the track? How, do, how does that all originate? Um, some of the horses, like you'll see us coming up, like sometimes the trainers will let us know, like if we're taking one right to the gate, usually they won't go to the gate. We call them wheelers. They'll wheel back. We'll run them to the gate, get them going. Um, the other ones are just kind of like the thoroughbred side, the ponyan. The horse will get a little wound up. They stay quieter with another horse. Okay. Especially like Trotton fillies. I ha- um, good to go Hanover. She's one of our good fillies here. Absolutely. When she sees me, she'll be a lunatic. And when she sees me, she drops the bit and walks. And it's just a lot of instinct, like horses are herd animals, so when you put them next to another horse when they're wound up, they'll settle down, and a lot of the outriding horses, they're level-headed, they're calm, you know, so they settle that horse down. And that's why a lot of drivers, you'll see them go to the outrider to help settle the horse down, keep it quiet. I'll have sometimes guys, I'll have one guy on the right, and I'll have one guy on the left, and one following me behind. I've had that happen before out there when I have too many. And it just helps. It's just something... I don't even really know how it originated. I think probably from the thoroughbred side, and we just started doing it. Okay, thanks. Well, well, Missy, listen, we certainly uh, we certainly appreciate everything you do on and off of the racetrack. You guys do a great job of promoting the business and the industry at the Meadows. And uh, listen, stay safe out there and uh, keep re- keep uh, corralling the horses, will you? Yep. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> 
All right, that was Myth- Missy Rothfuss from the Meadows Racetrack and Casino in Garnett. Boy, talk about a very difficult job um, that she's got. And uh, hearing some of those st- stories is a uh, is a little scary and a little nerve wracking. That's for sure. Yeah, so I think it's a job I could do. That's that's for sure. I'll just watch her. <laughs> All right, coming up next uh, on the show is Gabe Pruitt, and uh, we're going to talk about the Kentucky Sire Stakes action that happened this past week at the Red Mile Garnet. They've got a week off, but, um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting, and I, I've been kind of watching the replays uh, a little bit, and, you know, it's nice to see trainers like Tony Alanya and Jimmy Tactor and those guys being able to send their horses down as they have new rules in Kentucky, Garnet. I'm not sure that you, uh, if you know that or not, uh, about their Sire Stakes program. I did not know about the new rules. Yeah, basically uh, now is as long as your mayor stands there, I believe it's 180 days, um, it can be considered Kentucky bred slash sired. So some of these guys like Tony Alanya and those guys, they're sending their horses down there, um, you know, rock and roll heaven, things of that sort, pet rock. And, uh, you know, they're able to breed and be dual enrolled, whether it be Ohio and Kentucky, New Jersey and Kentucky. So it's kind of a uh, kind of a cool little program. Wow, that's awesome. All right, we're going to take a very quick timeout. When we come back, the Dodgers fan himself, Mr. Gabe Pruitt, is up next. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by BetAmerica. The Kentucky Sire Stinks is a culmination of a month-long series of preliminary races with the biggest money earners getting a chance to compete in one of the richest finals in North America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks includes two- and three-year-old Pacers and Trotters competing for over $2 million in purses. All the races are conducted at the historic Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The series starts on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Garnett Barnsdale, and we uh, we we don't have anything funny Dodgers wise this week. Uh, apparently, they didn't blow it like they did last week. And I think uh, Gabe's uh, over it by now. Gabe, what's going on, buddy? Not much. We've actually lost a couple of games in a row, but uh, you know that happens. So, uh, we'll Listen, see they, as we inch closer to the postseason. Listen, they all can't be as good as uh, the nine-in-a-row Indians. That's all I'm saying. No. Wow. <laughs> and we're gonna, I'm going to bring Garnett in here in a second. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more baseball. But first, we've got some Kentucky Sire Stakes action to talk about. And, Gabe, you know what I just realized? Sunday, September 17th is finals night. And guess who's not working Sunday, September 17th? I may have to come down and see you. 
What a great night uh, to be involved, Mike. From, from what I understand, you're going to debut an outdoor set uh, on uh, that night as well that we'll be using for the Grand Circuit. Uh, so that will be uh, a fun night. We'll have, uh, obviously, the big money on the line. The three-year-olds will be going to the $175,000 finals. The two-year-olds in their revamp program will be going for a quarter of a million dollars at each of the four finals. So we're looking forward to it. Well, Gabe, let's talk uh, some previous action uh, from the Kentucky Sire Stakes. The two-year-old Philly Trotters took center stage on August the 26th. And Gabe, Nixie Volo uh, kind of went to the lead at the half, came first up for driver Mike Simons, and never really looked back, uh, taking over the top spot from Foxy Fantasy. But a uh, horse that put in a pretty big effort was Deschanel. Yes, uh, that was actually my long shot of the ninth that night, Mike Deschanel. She actually... Just uh, hung up maybe a, just a tad in the uh, final yard. She was only beating ahead, but it was a good effort. She took a lot of play. I think she was like 8-1 to one in the morning line. She uh, may have went off 3-1 to one or so. Uh, a good effort because she was the horse. Oddly enough, uh, we had the monsoon. The opening leg is the first time I've ever seen this in my life. She was behind the starting gate. She jumped a puddle and made a break in stride. She was funded by the judges uh, after they determined that that uh, puddle uh, hampered her from receiving a fair start. So uh, she obviously didn't get any points in that first leg, but uh, she came back a good second the other night. Nixie Volo, a horse that's uh, flown a bit under the radar. She's been 7-2 uh, to two or 4-1 to one in both starts, but she's actually at the top of the point standing. She's undefeated uh, here in two Kentucky Sire Stakes uh, starts. She actually heads that uh, two-year-old Philly class at this point, heading into the uh, third leg here, which is one week from tonight. Garnett. Gabe, it's Garnet. How are you? Garnet, what's going on, my friend? Good, I'm good. I just, I just had a question about the race that was in the monsoon. I don't think I've ever seen a race in more uh, severe rain. Have you? You know, one time the same thing happened to me at Pompano Park. I, uh, I sent a race off. I knew that we were about to get heavy rains. And uh, sure enough, right when the gate sprung, there they came, you know, after the race had already started. That was the, the exact same scenario here. You know, ha- had it rained heavily like that before the race, obviously we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have went with it. And uh, but that that was pretty bad. You could not see uh, being on a bigger track; it's even harder to see. And uh, obviously, you could not see anything from a sense of the half mile pole to the uh, to the final eight. Well, I think one thing it showed is, uh, is uh, what incredible animal Garnett, you want to repeat that? I think you broke up just a little bit. Oh, I said one thing that shows is one incredible animal standard for us because they kind of got through like it was nothing. And, uh, you know, no matter what you throw at them, they'll just race. Yes, and, you know, the thing is, two-year-old green horses, too. A lot of those horses are making their first career starts, second career starts. So, uh, yes, uh, they they likely won't be seeing that for the rest of their career, but I agree. Yes. To be such a, a early on in their careers uh, – the race went on without, without any issues, thankfully. Yeah, good. All right, Gabe, uh, let's talk about, real quick about a horse that we talked about last week. And it's a horse that we've actually talked about for a couple of weeks, and it is Wolfgang. Uh, Wolfgang obviously finished second, just missing to Hat Trick Habit, a uh, two-year-old Colt by Donato Hanover. But I'll tell you what, these two really uh, slugged it out coming down the stretch, and uh, they both look like very good contenders going into uh, leg number three of the Sire Stakes. 
Yeah, I agree, Mike. They're actually the top two point standing uh, Colt Trotters. We talked about that race last week. It was almost like the final because we had all three of the uh, opening leg winners in against each other, and one of those was eventually scratched and have it all together. Uh, but Wolfgang was in that uh, spot, and we also had U.S. Marshall, who ended up making a break in there in that spot. But Hattrick had a Wolfgang. Those two really did uh, slug it out on the stretch. Both home in 27 and change. Uh, very good final forwards there for those two-year-old trotters. The horse that uh, continues to get a lot of the attention that was going to be very interesting there was Tactical Landing, Mike. That was the $800,000 Lexington yearling, a full brother to Mission Brief. And um, he was really making up a ton of ground in there. In my opinion, he may have been going to win that start uh, in, his, in his career debut, which uh, would have made things very interesting. As it stands, he made a break there shortly uh, into the stretch, and he did placed fifth in that start. So we'll see if he can even now garner enough points in that final leg to make the final. But he is actually qualifying tonight. Uh, just prior to the races of the Red Mile, we have qualifiers at, I believe, 6 o'clock. He's adding trotting hobbles. So we'll see if, uh, if that makes any difference in tactical landing. Now, Gabe, uh, let's talk about the bomb of the night. Dawson Springs uh, by Ken Tab Hollett of Hot Springs come home in 28-3. and three. Uh, got seemed like uh, Dawson Springs got the perfect trip to spring the upset for Joe Bongiorno and trainer Tony Alanya. You know, he did, and uh, for whatever reason, Jimmy Tanker training there, storming miss, was uh, very disappointing. He went to the lead, got away with very reasonable tractions, and just flattened out. That's the same goal that we saw earlier when he first burst onto the scene at the Meadowlands, so I'm not sure what's gotten uh, storming miss off the tracks. But you're right, Dawson Springs, a horse heading in the right direction. And, Mike, that was actually uh, an 8-1 to upsetter to kick off the uh, pick four that night where we had that uh, record carryover, 16,000 and change. They bet uh, right at 40000 new money in that. So uh, Dawson Springs, the big four players out there, provided uh, some, some value in that first leg. Listen, uh, Dawson Springs uh, got the perfect trip because he followed the first over Garnet, and you couldn't ask for a better trip than to follow Garnet. You know, I was going to mention that. Uh, you know, obviously he comes off a successful performance, but what, what a well-named uh, youngster there. I, I can't disagree <laughs> oh man! I tell you what, we had no matter who's on this show, uh, Gabe. We always have a or try to have a lot of fun. And uh, listen, your boy uh, Joe Zambito is coming up next, uh, so I have to tell him you said hello at the very least. Joe, <laughs> Joe is my main man, so make sure you do, you do tell him I said hello. He does an excellent job there to behave. Yeah, and I'm always happy to have him down at uh, Pompano Park, usually at least once over the winter, and he comes in and calls a couple of races. Great guy. Listen, let's uh, let's let's skip to the uh, Sunday night card, uh, Gabe. And I'll tell you what: there's a horse that jumps off the page at me in the four bandstand uh, who has a ton of late closing kick. But Gabe, in this race, you had a 26 and one last quarter, 26 and three last quarter by Aaron Merriman and John McDermott's Hurricane Empress, and then Let's Fall in Love was 26 and one. How outrageously uh, fast was uh, was this final quarter for these guys? Well, they went outrageously uh, slow fractions. So, uh, really, they, they turned it into a quarter-of-a-mile sprint. Uh, in fact, uh, I didn't even know if the timer was correct. They were going so slow up top that Hurricane Empress really got away cheap on the lead. Uh, first quarter here at the Red Mile, 30-4. and four. They were a half, a minute and four. So, just uh, unbelievably slow fractions. Uh, they picked it up just slightly in the third quarter. They're 28-4 and four before sprinting home, as you mentioned, that final quarter. But that was just another gutsy performance from Bandstand. This filly uh, is part of the first crowd of the rock and roll dance guys. 
she actually debuted here in an overnight on August 12th. Trainer Tony Alanya was in the bike. Now, that's a rare occasion. I believe that was his first win on the bike in several years. So we usually don't see Tony drive, but this probably just uh, easily dispatched a group of uh, two-year-olds in an overnight. She came back with Joe Bongiorno on the bike in the opening leg, and she was uh, really a determined winner there. She was first up. She did not have the easiest of trips, but she paced 51-4 and four in just her second career start. So that was really an impressive performance. And then the other night, uh, she was uh, fourth there at the three-quarter pole off those slow fractions, but uh, still had enough to unleash that 26 and one final quarter to uh, get up there by a scant nose over the uh, New Jersey Sire Stakes champion, Hurricane Empress. But uh, Bantam really has stamped herself the head of the class. One thing that would be really interesting, guys, I'm not sure any of us have ever seen a double Sire Stakes champion. So if Hurricane Empress was able to get the job done here in Kentucky, she's already the New Jersey Sire Stakes champ, so that could be interesting as well. Now, Gabe, uh, I heard you had this uh, next trifecta about seven times. In race number seven on Sunday, we had a bomb, a decent horse, and another bomb finished one, two, three, but gone again. Looked absolutely uh, fantastic. A horse that uh, pretty much got another uh, beautiful trip. Yes, gone again did get a beautiful trip, and uh, he's actually uh, tied at the top of the two-year-old standings. He's an Ohio side, so to drag it again, that trifecta you speak of, Mike, better than 4700 for a dollar. So nice to get there. Unfortunately for me, gone again won the seventh, and that started off a Sunday night pick four, and uh, I was gone again uh, after he won there. He was 23-1. to one. All right, Gable. A couple quick things before we let you go. I hear that you guys have this uh, pick four carryover uh, that we want to talk about real quick. We do into tonight, actually. Uh, the uh, with gone again, winning on Sunday night, the uh, twenty-three to one. That jump started it there. That two-year-old sire stakes event ended up having no tickets uh, in that. So we've got better than four thousand uh, dollars, guys. And they carry over tonight. We should have a, a nice pool there. We had a very similar carryover here last Thursday, and they bet just a touch over sixteen thousand new money. So I would anticipate that pool to be up in the fifteen twenty thousand dollar range. It looks like a wide-open sequence tonight. We've got the uh, three-year-old sire stakes uh, tonight earlier on the card. But when the pick four picks up, we've got four ten-horse overnight events. They look to be shootouts. So I think you could really uh, chase a nice score uh, here tonight. Well, listen, real quick before we let you go. Now, now we know the Dodgers have had some rough times, but not nearly as rough as uh, as the Blue Jays. Right, Garnett? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to say, man. We <laughs> We got a, a very old team now, and I don't know if this uh, massive attendance is going to drop off pretty quick if they don't do something. Well, Gabe, well, you listen. know what? Usually I'm saying it, Garnet, but there's always next year. <laughs> there is, yeah. Well, being a, being a uh, Bills uh, <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we talk about a little bit of everything on this show. I think everybody uh, knows that. But, Gabe, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your morning to join us. And uh, we're going to see you back here uh, next Thursday. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more Kentucky Sire Stakes action leading up to the final on Sunday, September 17th. That's right, Mike. And, of course, next Thursday, the two-year-olds do pick back up. The two-year-old trotters are next Thursday night for that third and final leg. The two-year-old pacers are a week from Saturday. All right, Gabe, we certainly appreciate you taking time out, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Thanks, guys. 
All right, that was Gabe Pruitt, the track announcer, track handicapper, and master of all trades at the Red Mile. And uh, he also announces the races at Pompano Park. And Garnett, I'll tell you, the Kentucky Sire Stakes program's got some good horses, and it's even better now that it's opened up to uh, two, uh, or excuse me, opened up to a dual, uh, kind of like a dual citizenship type of thing, where they can race in uh, Ohio or New Jersey or any of those other states and still be considered Kentucky bred. That's kind of cool, especially if you can, uh, if you're an owner and you can get your horse set up to, on a schedule where you can race in sire stakes in two different states. All right, Garnett. Coming up next is Coach Joe Zambito. Not only does he call the races, not only is he a race secretary, but Garnett he uh, he also coaches high school football. So we'll have to maybe uh, question him about that as well. We'll be back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is a premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519 519- 400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tail. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. 
Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We've got just a little bit of a uh, tech snafu. We'll be back on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike. Stay right there. Don't touch that dial. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Garnett Barnsdale, who's filling in for Mike Bozich this week. And we're joined now by the coach, Joe Zambito. Joe, what's going on, my friend? Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Western New York, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Listen, it's not a, uh, you better enjoy it now because uh, in about four short months, uh, you're not going to be saying that uh, too much longer. Well, you know where I'll be in four months, back to my home in southwest Florida. So <laughs> I'll be laughing go. when everybody's freezing up here in in uh, Batavia. That's for sure. Well, Joe, uh, talk to us. This is the first time you've been on our show. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, how you got to where you're at and how you got involved with the sport of harness racing. Well, I think I started when I was probably six years old when I decided to grab some old programs and uh, re-announce races that already took place. 
But, uh, yeah, from a young age, I live about five miles from Batavia. And, you know, my father owned racehorses and my brother owned racehorses. So, you know, I started coming here when I was young. I fell in love with the lights and, the, you know, the action of, of, the, of the horses. And uh, I ended up going to college for sports management, had to do an internship, a long internship. I did it here at Batavia Downs because, like I said, it's five minutes from my house. And uh, one thing led to another, and I actually ended up dropping into the race office, which, uh, you know, I'm the announcer at Batavia. I'm also the racing secretary. So that's how it all started. Burnett? Yeah, hi, Joe. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, the pleasure is mine. Ours, obviously. Um, I just had a question about Batavia. On my way back from Saratoga, uh, I stopped at Tioga because that's kind of how I roll, but um, journey back from there towards the Canadian border took me right past Batavia. So we uh, we kind of drove by it. We pulled in for some pizza in a really good pizza place right in front of it called Mark's. That's the point of my question. Um, I noticed it looks like there's a hotel actually attached to the racetrack there. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Um, up and running uh, last season. Um, we are Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel. What we did is uh, we took part of our paddock away. We built a brand-new hotel. It's absolutely beautiful. The inside is fantastic. Um, you know, right at- attached right to our gaming center. Right now we have 80 rooms, um, possibly more uh, coming uh, in the near future. Uh, rave reviews. Everybody loves it here. You know, we're packed on. We're sold out every weekend. Our, you know, harness racing is alive and well here in Western New York at, here at the Downs. Uh, on weekends, our clubhouse is sold out. You can't get a seat in the clubhouse. We got an all-you-can-eat prime rib shrimp and crab buffet. Uh, it's, we had wiener dog races here last week. The, uh, you know, it was packed in the parking lot. It's, it's really nice to see people come out, Garnet. Now, can you um, – it, it looks to me like if you had a hotel room, could you watch the races of your hotel yeah. room? Absolutely. Uh, our That's leaders crazy. here at the Downs are fantastic. Uh, Henry Wotazic is the uh, is uh, the spearhead of our group here in uh, Batavia, and um, they saw a vision to build a hotel. And there's actually on the on the uh, top floor there are balconies, balcony suites, and you can actually watch and wager uh, from the comfort of your uh, hotel room right out there. And people absolutely love it. Uh, we have parties that come in there, groups of 10. They, they you know, they get a couple uh, suite rooms and uh, sit out on their hotel, have a few beverages, and, or on their uh, balcony, have a few beverages, and uh, watch the races all night long. That's crazy good. I know that's something uh, uh, different. Well, I'll have to have a chat with my uh, good friend, Tim Bojarski, the president of Ushua. Maybe I'll come down and do a story for one of my, for the local paper oh. on the on the. the yeah, that, that would be fantastic. You know, Tim's here a lot of nights, and he does a lot of publicity for us. Like I said, he does a great job. But, you know, our president, Henry Wotazic, and our COO, Mike Nolan, uh, Scott Kudrowski, our vice president, Bill White, our vice president, these guys, uh, they have a vision. And uh, I'm proud to say that I work for them. And, you know, my general manager, Todd Height, does a great job of promoting and, um, you know, I try to put the best product possible onto the racetrack. And uh, these guys, they just, you know, we have a uh, Thurman Thomas sports bar downstairs in our uh, racino, so to speak. And every once in a while, Thurman Thomas pops in. And, uh, you know, we had the fight on last week, just crowded every weekend night. It's fantastic. Awesome. Well, I've been a diehard Bills fan since birth, so I'm going to have to check out that bar. But um, 
It definitely uh, it was definitely something that caught my eye when I drove by. I, I stopped. I was with my son. I'm like, look, the hotel's attached right to the track. I've never seen that before. And faces out yeah. towards the racetrack. So, yeah, good oh, yeah uh, people it's love it. People absolutely love it here when they come here, you know. A lot of times uh, the ladies go to the casino and the, uh, you know, the guys go to the racetrack and they meet up after at Thurman Thomas Sports Bar. Uh, the food here is fantastic. We have uh, five different places where you could eat. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, we get a lot of people here, especially on the weekend nights. And we're uh, usually sold out in the uh, clubhouse uh, dining room and we're usually sold out in our uh, hotel. Joe, let's uh, let's let's switch gears a little bit and uh, talk about how you kind of juggle everything. Uh, you're the race secretary, you're the announcer, but you also uh, are a high school football coach um, on some <laughs> Friday nights. Uh, how do you juggle all three of those tasks, as, and is it difficult for you? Uh, yeah, it it can be difficult. I mean, uh, for instance, uh, tomorrow night we have a football game. And the football game's a couple hours away, and uh, luckily I'm uh, one of many coaches on the staff, and uh, I'm actually not going to be able to be at my football game because we have New York Sire Steak. Um, so I, I can't leave when there's Sire Steak races going on. You know, I can't leave it to the backup to call the, those races. And, uh, you know, I like to be here to greet the owners and trainers of the horses coming in. But uh, it can be tough at times. You know, we draw in the morning, I get here about 7.30, and I usually leave here around 12.30. Then I go to practice from uh, 3 o'clock to uh, 6 o'clock, or five, and I usually leave about 5.30. Then I run back over to the racetrack, which is about two minutes from the football field, thank God, and uh, go back to work announcing. So, you know, you put one hat on, you take one hat off. Sometimes you just got to make sure that you don't get a little confused and blow the whistle before the first race, you know. <laughs> Well, Joe, li- listen, we uh, we certainly appreciate you talking with us. Real quick, let's uh, li- let's talk about uh, you know you're you're from Western New York. Uh, obviously, you've called the races yep. in Buffalo. You you know you've done a lot of things up there. Uh, how in the world did you guys wind up in Florida? <laughs> well, like you know, I actually I started in '96 uh, doing what I do, and I was actually the youngest race secretary in the country at the time. Uh, I was 24 years old. Uh, when I started uh, being the race secretary at Batavia Downs when the old owners owned it. And then I was lucky, lucky enough when they closed at Buffalo Raceway, I, I give a lot of credit to Jerry Schweibel, who was the uh, former general manager at Buffalo Raceway. He hired me to be the racing secretary and announcer. Um, him and Daryl Wood, whom I know you know. Um, uh, Daryl hired me to be the announcer first, and then the next year the uh, racing secretary. And I did that for a few years, and then I uh, stopped doing it for a while, and then I went back into coaching. But as far as moving to Florida goes, I met my wife here in uh, 1999. Her parents retired to Florida. Uh, She ended up going to school at Florida Gulf Coast University, uh, Go Eagles, and um, she got a job right out of college teaching in Florida. Um, So she stays with her parents when I'm gone. We have a nice condo in uh, Punta Gorda, Florida, which is just north of Fort Myers, and usually three or four days after I'm out, of, I'm done with Batavia. I get on a jet plane and fly back to our place, uh, and I'm in sunny Florida until the middle of June. Well, listen, you've got the uh, the life of a king, if uh, <laughs> if you ask me. And uh, listen, Joe, we uh, we certainly appreciate you taking time out to join us. And uh, listen, hopefully uh, one of these days uh, I'm going to be back out at Batavia Downs. I always had a good time when I came out there. Come and see me, Michael. Dinner's on me.
<laughs> I'm going to hold you to that one. All right, Joe. We certainly appreciate it, buddy. We'll see you uh, hopefully uh, soon. And who knows, maybe uh, we'll be talking Kane uh, coming up soon. Oh, real quick, before we let you go, my friend uh, Ronnie Burke, he, he called me a little oh, while Ronnie ago. He, he yeah. called me a little bit ago, and he told me uh, – he, he said something about – you know, I, I gotta, uh, I gotta let you listen to something. He wanted me to, you know, let you listen to, it. I meant to play it before the interview. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he told me, he, he said, this was probably one of the uh, greatest things he's ever heard. Hold on one sec. Here it is. Okay. Is he going to do it bold again in the center? Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest horses of all time. Foiled again, one fifty two and two. Something. Do you remember that night? I think you might remember that oh, night. Oh, I, I remember it, Mike, quite well. You know, when a horse like Foiled Again comes along, you know, once in a lifetime. And uh, he's a special horse to me because, he, you know, he's been with us three times. And, you know, Ronnie always does a great job of, uh, come, you know, coming to our place whenever we need him. I mean, he's, he's a race secretary's dream as far as I'm concerned. And uh, when you get a horse like Foiled again, I mean, that's that's just so special. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't plan it. It was just something that came out of my mouth at the time. And uh, he actually called me, and we talked about it afterwards. He told me he had tears in his eyes listening to the call, which made me very happy because, you know, being the race secretary, Mike, you hear a lot of the bad and you don't hear too much of the good. And when that came out of Ronnie Burke's mouth, it made my day. Well, uh, Joe, I got to tell you, Ayers uh, gave me the uh, luxury of calling the Foiled Again race here in May, and I'll tell you what, it was—it's uh, a surreal feeling. He didn't win the race, but I'll tell you, it's still a surreal, fe- surreal feeling yeah. being able to call uh, that world champion. Joe, we certainly appreciate oh. it, buddy, and uh, we'll see you back here soon enough. Hey, thank you. You guys do a fantastic job. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. All right, that was Joe Zambito, the track announcer and race secretary at Batavia Downs Gaming. And Garnett, I'll tell you what, he wears a lot of hats, but football, uh, you know, it's uh, just two minutes down the road, so that makes it nice for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty, pretty close to the stadium, for sure. All right, Garnett. Well, we are going to go uh, do one of our favorite segments, something we haven't done here on the show here in just a little bit. Uh, we'll be back with our Around the Horn segment coming up next. Around the horn is the easiest way, the better way, and that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go around the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? All right, it's time to go around the horn with post time with Mike and Mike, and uh, this is uh, this is a segment uh, we have a lot of fun with Garnett uh, when we do it, and uh, we're going to cover some of the Grand Circuit races, and we're kind of a uh, at a little bit of a uh, me and Mike anyway, or a little bit of disadvantage for most of these races because you've seen ninety percent of these horses run uh, at Mohawk. Well, maybe not run. Let's hope not. Well, some of the ones I bet run, but not uh, not to my uh, liking. But yeah, I've seen quite a few of them. So yeah, I mean. Uh... I have a pretty good familiarity with uh, what's going on and maybe uh, make some predictions that could uh, be helpful. 
All right, let's go over uh, the uh, Champlain Stakes uh, coming up on uh, Thursday night. Uh, actually, Thursday night, we're, <laughs> we're talking about it. They're going on tonight, uh, Gardette. And uh, we start in race three for the two-year-old Philly uh, Trotters. And I'll tell you what, my, or, uh, Garnett, this is a uh, pretty packed field of some very good horses. And um, it doesn't look like you're going to get too short of a price on anybody in this field because you know how much of a pet peeve it is when people bet one to nine Trotters that are year olds but northern lighting and courtney hanover look like the top two in here yeah you crossed me up a bit i thought we were going to look at the saturday races but i'm trying to open it here for a second <laughs> my apologies i'm sorry Garnett. we i forgot about the couple that we had on thursday uh but uh you know courtney hanover and northern lighting uh those two um one uh, Northern Lighting was second last week um, in uh, an Ontario Sire Stakes Gold, and then Courtney Hanover uh, won a division of the Pure Ivory. And uh, while you're opening things up, is the Pure Ivory like is that a late closer or is that what is that? Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of one of those ones where you, you shouldn't have earned X amount of dollars by such a date to, to enter. Um, so I'm just, I, from what I remember from Courtney Hanover, um, she had perfect the elimination and the final however uh trotted home strongly to win both and i don't i don't think you at this stage of her career you can really penalize her for being in a good position to win the race um i'm just trying to open up i finally opened up my own selections it's making me log in a hundred different times uh i picked Sorry northern lightning thing. i did it's okay actually you, you picked the two that i had on top uh, northern lightning trotted two strong miles in a row i think she's probably ready to break her maiden here a couple other horses that, that I find interesting are as a bullet boss with Jingra uh, from the far outside. I think she's probably a threat to wire them. Uh, she's probably going to blast out of there. And then <clears throat> the eight horse Miss Mimi, you know, she's so well at a creamy Mimi that um, at some point she's going to break out. And when she does, she's going to pay a big price. She wouldn't be the worst bomb to take a flyer on tonight. She'll probably be in the 15 to 20 range. And at some point, I think, uh, I think she's going to break out and, uh, you know, kind of fulfill her, or uh, regal breeding, as it were. Race six, Garnett features the two-year-old Philly Trotters once again in the Champlain Stakes Grand Circuit action. This is another very competitive field. Um, you have Apprentice M who won it against Ohio, Ohio, sorry, listen to me, Ontario Sire Stakes Company uh, last time. Um, you have Jordan Blue Chip, who is second in three different divisions of the Pure Ivory. Uh, horse name Atlanta won a condition race uh, here at Mohawk. It seems like a, a pretty competitive field. It, it really is. Um, the, the last comment I made in my analysis is the field where wide pick four coverage may be needed. But the one I picked on top is Jordan Blue Chip. She was really unlucky last time uh, made, making a big move in the stretch. And uh, just it looked like she was about to overtake them all, Courtney Hanover escaped out of the pocket off a perfect trip and, and edged her by a nose. From, uh, you know, from, I guess from a trip handicapper's point of view, Blue Chip uh, trotted the much better race but was unlucky. So I think she looks pretty solid in this spot. Uh, the six horse all over again when a very tough trip in the same race was parked a long way, only lost by a length. She's in with a good shot. She probably probably could benefit from maybe being covered up longer. And, um, you know, the eight horse swing at Kathy is another one that's impeccably, impeccably bred that probably won't be held off much longer. So you probably might. And the other one I'm going to probably use in the pick for is, uh, is Apprentice M. I think you need quite a few of them here. All right, Garnett. Well, those covered the couple of Champlain stakes coming up tonight at Mohawk Racetrack. Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump to um, – let's see. This is 
September 1st. Okay, I see Friday. I don't have Saturday. Saturday's not up yet. So we're going to go to Standard Bread Canada. Yeah, it's not on the website yet. So I'll go to Standard Bread Canada. Hold on. We're going we're gonna to kind of make our way around here. Garnett, go ahead and uh, why don't you go ahead and start with uh, Saturday um, with the okay. first Grand Circuit event. Okay, so the second race she playing for two-year-old pacing fillies. We have an undefeated filly in there. Percy Blue Chip, she's four for four. Um, she wasn't overly impressive last week in the Eternal Damnation $92,000 race, but she still got the job done by a length. I, I don't really see uh, much changing in this race, except for the fact that the nine, uh, the number nine, Kissing Sand, who raced here for the first time last week in the Eternal Damnation, had a first over trip and finished, ended up finishing third by three lengths of Percy Blue Chip. If you look at her, her second race back, um, she blasted off the gate, got the lead early, sat the pocket, and then came on to win at Pocono. So Jingrod, knowing that that strategy last week didn't work, may try something different here. It's one you might consider for the upset. But other than that, um, you got the six, six Kendall Sealster, who basically finishes second or third every time she races against Percy Blue Chip. It looks like a two-horse race, but don't be surprised if Jingrod tries to get the first lead and then uh, allow Percy Blue Chip to retake and potentially come back at her again in the stretch. If there's going to be an upset, I, I think that's probably the only way it's going to happen. Garnett, the Champlain Stakes for two-year-old open, um, two-year-old open pacers is race number five. <coughs> Excuse me. And trainer uh, Tony Lanya brings in odds on Lauderdale from the inside. And judging by the morning line, Garnett, this is a, a pretty competitive field as, with, as, as well, including a horse that uh, you probably won't get many uh, bets on uh, from is uh, Trump that. <laughs> well, Trump that's got a win in four seconds and five uh, starts. Um, he finished second to uh, summer travel. Who's probably at the top of the division uh, two starts back. So he's fairly consistent. But the horse, uh, the quote that I took on top, actually, is Alanya's other entry in the race, Stay Hungry, who unleashed a, a very uh, impressive second quarter, second half uh, burst last time in his in his maiden victory. This was also in his debut. Very well bred by some beat somewhere to My Little Dragon, the Dragon Again mare, who was a very good uh, racehorse. So I think um, he's going to have to he's going to have to be faster. But the way he did it that night, um, to me, kind of stands out. I took uh, odds on Lauderdale as my second pick. Had a first up trip last time at Mohawk. Uh, once again, probably not the ideal trip, so Scott Zeron will probably try something different here. And the other horse I found interesting is the three California Cruisin, who comes in for Nancy Johansson. Um, week, where when he ran, sorry, when he raced in the Nasagawea, he missed 22 days and just kind of languished at the back of the pack, didn't do much. But I think uh, if you look at his race two back, he broke his maiden by a, uh, Pacing a last final quarter in 25 and three, so I would expect a lot more from this this Colt. Uh, that would may have been a bit of a prep race uh, coming up to the Champlain, and then hopefully moving on to the Metro Stakes. I think this is one you could use in the pick four. That is going to be a bit of a price. Also, the last leg of the pick five. Garnett, real quick, let's talk about the Canadian Pacing Derby final. Per $615,000 Canadian and McWicked draws the rail, but it's going to be extremely tough to beat Keystone Velocity. Rock and Ron is also another strong contender. And I'll tell you what, this is a uh, this is a pretty loaded field. It is, and we've, we've seen some upsets in this race uh, recently, but I think Keystone Velocity uh, paced his final quarter in 25-1 to win his elimination with with ease, wasn't really even really being asked much. So he's come up a big in a number of finals, including the Ben Franklin on July 1st, where he won by a head. 
he doesn't have to be as far back as he was in his elimination where he was uh, 10 lengths uh, back at the quarter and six. So he's going to be tough to beat. And also Rock and Ron, who easily won in 147 and two, cutting the mile. The thing about Rock and Ron, though, was he was never challenged throughout the mile, including a 28th quarter. I think there's going to be a lot more action in this race. And I do give Mick Wicked a bit of a chance because of that, uh, because there's going to be a lot more action. And we know that he can pace a sub 26 quarter. He did that in his elimination. So I, I, I'm going to use those three probably in the pick four. But, um, you know, strange things happen in races like this because there's always a lot more action than you saw in the eliminations with, uh, you know, $615,000 on the line. All right, Garnett, we know you've got a we we know you've got to scoot off uh, to work. So let's focus our attention on Yonkers uh, coming up um, this weekend. We know you've got a pick four uh, put together, and the first um, the first part of that pick four is the Hudson Trot Final uh, for Trotters, and this is a pretty uh, pretty competitive group. Uh, Excuse me, if you ask me, uh, of course you have Ice Attraction here. Evelyn has won two straight, including a division of the Duetta and the Zweig at Vernon Downs. You also have Celebrity Ruth in here, who was fifth in the Zweig after being uh, second and dominating the uh, New York Sire Stakes circuit. You know what? I'm, I'm going to take a shot here and actually single uh, a filly that you didn't even mention, which is Sunshine Delight. I just like her last race so much where she was parked the entire way at Vernon in this wag and uh, still managed to only finish second beat in the length. So I, I, I'm based on that mile there, I'm actually going to single this one a six to one in the morning line and maybe look for some value in this pick four. All right. The next race, Garnett is the messenger stakes and uh, the messenger stakes was, is the second leg of the pacing at triple crown. Obviously um, the, Winner of the Cane Pace, um, you know, is not here, so there's no going to be no Triple Crown this year. Uh, but down by the seaside draws post number seven. And I'll tell you what, uh, Garnett, he proved here at Northfield that he could handle an outside post with absolute disdain and no other issues at all, it seemed like. Yeah, and I, I mean, that was – I mean, he, he also paced his back half in about 53 flat at Northfield in that night to, to defeat – the dragon. I, I just can't see anybody beating him here. I think you just single him and move on to the next leg, honestly. Now, the Yonkers Trot final for three year old open trotters, a purse of five thousand, excuse me, five thousand, five hundred thousand dollars is next. And Garnett, this is a widely competitive and widely contested race. Um, a horse that's kind of been on the scene lately is Yes Mickey uh, for trader driver Oka Swanstead, uh, was a winner in the Zwag two starts back at odds of 34 to 1. Obviously, you're not going to get that here. Um, you have Devious Man to the inside. Guardian Angel Oz has won two straight races, including a division of the New York Sire Stakes uh, after making a break in the uh, Hamiltonian file, final, which we won't talk about. And then, um, of course, you have a couple of a uh, couple of other horses in here that are kind of just thrown in and mixed in. Yeah, you know what? I have a hard time uh, believing. Yes, Mickey's the same uh, the same gelding I bet on uh, on Hamiltonian Day that couldn't hold off 2 a.m. But you know what? He's had two perfect trips in a row. I think you got to use him here. By the same token, he's got post six on a half mile track in Aki Swanstead, who's a very aggressive driver. It could lead to some some chaos. I think. I'm going to go four deep. I think he had a devious head from the, from the rail post or the pylons, whatever you want to call it. He's just too consistent to leave out. Um, the other horse I used was uh, Guardian Angel AS. She came, 
he came back sorry, uh, very strongly from the uh, Hamiltonian debacle, and uh, I really like his uh, first up win in the uh, in the elimination. And the fourth one, I'm using a bit of a long shot. Top showed that he can, you know, he's a pretty good closer. He's got a decent enough post that if there's some chaos, if, if Sonstead manages to get hung out the mile, which we've seen before and could happen, this horse might be the benefactor. So I went one, four, six, and nine in here. So far, my ticket has uh, only four combinations on it. It's an all-stakes pick four in the $113,880 Lady Mod Final is race number six. It's for three-year-old Philly Pacers, and it's a field of seven, uh, Garnett. And I tell you, you know, this uh, this sequence is a little bit of a chalky sequence, but I got to tell you, if you play it right, you could uh, maybe be able to get a little bit of a price. Angel's Pride draws the inside. is coming out of the Empire Breeders Classic Consolation, uh, where she won in one. 51 and 1. Um, the 2 Tory Hanover seems kind of like a hit or miss kind of a horse. Uh, the 3 Awash uh, is coming from Pennsylvania Sire Stakes uh, Company. 5 to 1 seems a little bit low on her. And then you have the 4 Girl Band K, uh, who was 7th in the Empire Breeders Classic final. And then on the far outside, you have the 7 World Apart. This is a uh, Pretty. Uh, this is a pretty interesting stakes race, as uh, many of them haven't been, but so competitive against stakes company. Yeah, I think I think there's a chance there could be an upset here. I think you have to use Angel's Pride from the inside, um, just mainly because she looks like one of the best horses and she gets the best post. But I went three deep, and the other two I'm using. I, I kind of like the three. A wash. Uh, if you look at her second last start from the nine hole at Polk, far outside. Um, she went right to the front, set some really big fractions, and only tired late uh, to lose in 151 and 2. That's a pretty good race, I think. Uh, I don't know what happened last time from the seven hole at the Meadows. I kind of maybe just put a line through that race, and that only adds to the adds to the price if you like her. And the third one I'm using is the five Ella Christina. I like it. I like the uh, one one of the things that or sort of kind of like an angle that I like is a horse that can make a move as fast as she did to go from fifth to first in one call. So at the three quarters, she was three and a half lengths behind in park, obviously made a very quick move wide to kind of take control at that point. And by the stretch call, she was already leading. So I think you absolutely have to. Have her. So my, uh, my pick four ticket is only 12 combinations. And to recap it, it starts out with the six sunshine delight who I'm singling seven uh, down by right also a single. Then I got the one, four, six and nine in the fifth. And in the last leg, a one, three, five for, $12 or $24 for a $2 combo, if that's the minimum. All right, Garnett. Well, listen, I know you've got to get off to work, but we certainly appreciate you coming on, as always, on our show. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you soon. Not in uh, not this month, uh, but next month, for sure, we'll be seeing you at the Breeders' Crown. Absolutely. I'm look, uh, looking forward to it. It's one of the best times of the year. So, And uh, anytime, man. Always, uh, always willing to help out. All right, Garnett, we certainly appreciate it again. We're going to come back. We've got our final running aces segment before we close things out. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. 
Hey, it's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces Casino and Racetrack, beautiful Minnesota. And it's time to recap another big week of live racing action here at the track. It all started back on Saturday night. It was a soggy Saturday at Running Aces. A lot of rain on Saturday here, but it did not damper the racing. Some great racing action nonetheless on Saturday night at Running Aces. It was a big night for Steve Wiseman. He scored a grand slam on Saturday. And... Uh, Started out with uh, one of the biggest wins on the program being with the three-year-old gelding pacer, Sergeant Papa Daddy by Rockin' Image. Posted up his second win in five season starts and recorded a new lifetime mark of 155 again. Despite the sloppy conditions on the track, Steve Wiseman in the sulky with Sergeant Papa Daddy sitting well off the hot early pace. The early tempo was 27-2, and 55-4. And, and Wiseman and Sergeant Papadaddy rallied from 10 lengths out of it at the half-mile pole to get up and win at the wire, posting a length-and-a-half victory. Sergeant Papadaddy, trained by Brett Ballinger and owned by Merlin Van Otterloo. Again, a new lifetime mark for Sergeant Papadaddy on Saturday night with Steve Wiseman in the Sulky. Also on Saturday night, the featured trotting event was a $6,400 condition trot and tamed the dice again with Steve Wiseman driving, rocketed from the gate from the outside post nine, never looked back from there with a convincing gate-to-wire win by a length and a quarter and two minutes and two fifths. The five-year-old mare, it was her third win in 16 starts this year. Tame the dice is owned by a partnership of Chambers plus Ted Wiseman, Voss, and Arnstein and is trained by part owner Kathy Plested-Wiseman. Also on Saturday night, the Minnesota Sired three-year-old pacing event for $6,500. It went as an early non-wagering affair, and what it do, baby boo. And again, Steve Wiseman picking up another feather in her cap as she once again rallied from last to first for win number six in 11 starts this season. What it do, baby boo, stopped the clock in 155 flat, Sharp Philly by Voracious Hanover now has 13 wins in 20 career starts. She's earned $78,398 for owner and breeder Van Otterloo Stables, and she is trained by Brett Ballinger. Also Saturday night, on the trainer's side, Kathy Plusted Wiseman picked up a couple of wins and added to her lead of five wins ahead in the leading trainer's standings, currently five wins ahead after Saturday night's racing action over Nick Rowland, for leading trainer. On Sunday night at Running Aces, it was all about Luke Plano. On Sunday night, he had five driving wins and overall a total of six wins on Sunday night for Luke Plano at Running Aces. He had a huge night, starting off winning right in the very first race on the program. So very impressive night for Luke Plano on Sunday at Running Aces. Again, he had five driving wins and four training wins and a total of six wins over the entire program on Sunday evening. Feature on the card on Sunday was the $11,000 open handicap pace for horses and geldings. Best in the business made it three wins in a row, scoring in 151-4 with James J.D. Yoder in the sulky for trainer Gene Miller and the owners Brett Boyd Racing of Michigan. It was best in the business getting to the wire first, but Fire Drake was really Charging home late, just a head back in second. Better's promise with Luke Plano in the bike, finishing third. Again, the big feature on Sunday night, the $11,000 open handicap pace went to best in the business. In 151-4 over Fire Drake second, and Better's promise finishing third. 
Also on Sunday night, $13,000 Minnesota Series 3-year-old Tronic event, and that went to It's Stormin' Money. 202 flat with Steve Wiseman driving for trainer Brady Jensen and owner Bryce Jensen. And on Tuesday night at Running Aces, the Mayor's Open Pace was the feature on the program on Tuesday evening, and it was an epic edition of the Mayor's Open Pace at Running Aces as it was a monumental battle between two top mayors, Kiss on the Lips and Gold Star Misty. Very talented field of eight facing off behind the gate for $11,000 in the Tuesday night feature, the Mayor's Open Handicap Pacing event. Cruising Coco got the first call off the gate with the Bobcat, Dean McGee, and the bike went right to the front, but Kiss on Lips was immediately on the attack from outside post seven with Nick rolling the sulky, and Kiss on the Lips swept right up to the front end. Gold Star Misty from the far outside, post position eight, also had early speed, got away quickly, and dropped at the pylons in fourth position as they passed the quarter in 28 and two. But James J.D. Yoder, Gold Star Misty, did not wait long. Uh, sitting there in the fourth, tipped right out and charged up after the leader. Uh, well before the 3-8's pulse, the battle was on. Before the 3-8's marker, Gold Star Misty driving up along Kiss on the Lips. And from there, those two mares battled tooth and nail, toe-to-toe, eye-to-eye, the entire rest of the mile. The rest of the field was stacking up two and three wide behind these uh, battling mares. But it was all about Kiss on the Lips and Gold Star Misty as they passed the half in 57 and 1, three quarters in 125. They were still locked in lockstep battle. And all the way through the home stretch, there was one point at the head of the lane where Gold Star Misty looked like she might clear a lead. But Kiss on the Lips toward the inside with Nick Rowland came right back at her. And these two were stride for stride all the way down the stretch to the wire. And again, in perfect lockstep stride on the wire, Kiss on the Lips got a whisker up at the wire to win it. They stopped the timer in 153, but it was an epic, monumental, and impressive and exciting battle. In the Tuesday night feature, the Mayor's Open Pace, it went to Kiss on the Lips. Trainer John Rogers, owner Peg Hoffman, and again, winning driver Nick Rowland, both Mayors, Kiss on the Lips and Gold Star Misty, really gutting it out, showing all their heart on Tuesday night. And great drives from both Nick Rowland and J.D. Yoder in the Tuesday feature. Congratulations once again. Kiss on the lips. Taking the Mayor's Open 153 flat on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday night, we had some Minnesota Sired action once again. A $13,000 Minnesota Sired two-year-old Tronic event. That one went Coldstone Stunner. Stone Cold Stunner. $19.20 weather with Steve Wiseman in the bike. For trainer Justin Amphitz in the owner Jesse, Eric, and Benjamin DeLong. 202 clocking, new lifetime mark, fourth lifetime win for this gelding by Money Talks, the two-year-old trotter Stone Cold Stunner, a winner in 202 in the $13,000 Minnesota Sired two-year-old trot on Tuesday. $8,000 Minnesota Sired two-year-old geldings pacing event, and it was Giggle Monster, the big, big favorite, winning once again his seventh of eight lifetime races. In 155 and 3 this past Tuesday, $2.80 winner, Bobcat Dean McGee driving for trainer Denise Mayer and owners Allen and Cheryl Sandbolt. The Wind Me Up uh, Sun is uh, now once again 7 for 8 lifetime. And also Tuesday night, the two year old pacing Phillies, $8,000 purse, and that contest went to Element OP. 
157-3. Once again, Steve Wiseman at the controls for trainer Brett Ballinger. The owner, Merlin Van Otterloo for LMNOP, a $3.60 winner. Another impressive win for LMNOP in the Minnesota Sired Action on Tuesday night. A driving triple on the program Tuesday for Steve Wiseman. And he now has a double-digit lead in the leading driver's stand. He's going to the final eight racing nights in 2017. Steve Wiseman is on top as the current leading driver over Nick Rowland in second. Luke Plano, a very clear third position. And then on the trainer's side, Kathy Plested Wiseman has a nice lead. Five or six wins over Nick Rowland in second. So that's how things are shaping up for the leading and trainer and leading driver standings as we go into those final eight nights of racing at Running Aces in 2017. Live racing remains through September 16th at Running Aces. Still racing three nights a week, Tuesday night, Saturday, and Sunday night. Live racing at Running Aces again through September 16th. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. A special thank you to our friends at Running Aces. Thanks to all of our sponsors, and a very special thank you to our friend Garnett Barnsdale, who stepped in for Mike Bozich, who uh, who was taking care of the orientation thing with his son, Ben, here today. We'll see everybody back here next week with a first post of 10.30 a.m. Also watch for pictures from the Little Brown Jug. Hoosier Pacing Derby coming up. The Breeders' Crown is uh, coming up in a couple of weeks as well. Got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. We'll see everybody next week at 10:30 a.m. Good night, everybody. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.